Welcome to the Intentional Family Podcast. I'm your host, Rachel Schmitz, joined by my co-host, Mike Schmitz. How are you? I'm doing well. How are you? I am excited to record today. This is the end of 2020 for us as we record, approaching the new year, 2021. And typically this time of year, a lot of people are reevaluating and starting to think ahead about what their next year will look like. And a lot of changes could be made, yep. especially in light of what's all been going on this whole year. Mm-hmm. And today we wanted to talk about defining our new normal. We keep hearing this talk about things aren't going to go back to the way they were. There's a whole new normal. And what does that even mean? So what we want to do today is kind of go through some of the things that we've done this year, some of the changes we've made and some more changes we look forward to doing because this is a great time to reset. Yes. Yeah, this is a, a time to reset even if you aren't in the middle of a global pandemic, uh, this is the the time of year when people start thinking about what is next year going to look like. A lot of people make New Year's resolutions. We've talked about how those really aren't going to work. You make a New Year's resolution, a lot of times they're going to fail because you say, this is the year I'm going to get in shape. And you start going to the gym and you put in the work and the pounds aren't flying off as fast as you thought they would. So you lose your motivation, you get discouraged and you you stop doing it. But you can focus on the habits, which we've talked a lot about, the little things that you do consistently that produce the big changes in your life. And you can create a new normal pretty much any year. But this year specifically, there's a lot of things that have happened that have forced us to change the way that we do things. And so kind of the word for this whole year and the inspiration as we go into the rest of this episode is reset. Yeah. We've been hearing from our pastor since the beginning of 2020 that this is a year of a divine reset. And this was before any of the global pandemic stuff even hit. So that was pretty appropriate. And we've been trying to take that to heart and really be intentional about what that looks like for us. But when there's a reset that needs to happen, it's usually because something's not working. Mm -hmm. I mean, I think about a a computer. I'm not a techie person, but I do know you can restart your computer if it's not working, if programs are frozen or different different things like that. That is the number one thing (laughs) that tech people will tell you. Did you refresh it? Did you restart it? Did you restart it? Yep. (laughs) If you are calling your cable company because your cable's on the fritz, your internet's not working, they'll tell you, well, did you restart your modem? When a program freezes, you restart your computer. Most of the time, that gets things working again. Uh, Writer Anne Lamott has a quote. She says, almost everything will work again if you unplug it for a few minutes, including you. (laughs) And actually, I was just thinking about that, how we have a built-in routine daily when we sleep and that's meant for our bodies to reset so this is a cycle in life this is you know seed time and harvest there's day and night there's all these cycles that are meant to happen and having a reset is really really powerful because like updates after you update your computer update a software you have to restart the computer to get it to actually function the way it's supposed to be a lot of times yeah and uh what the restart does is it basically just puts things back the way they were, gives you a clean slate to work with. And so everything that has gummed up the system and is causing things to go slower than they normally would, you have the opportunity to wipe all that stuff out and start new. Yep. And it's fruitless to just 
work, 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 work when things aren't working. It's just take a break, take <laughs> a breather. frustrating. Yeah. <laughs> Sam Carp- Carpenter, we've actually mentioned him before, author of Work This System. I love his view on it. He says, get a higher and slightly elevated view. And his story is that things weren't working in his business. His health was horrible. His family life wasn't going well. And he had to have a moment where he realized that he needed, he was so in the trenches of it, so in depth of it. We've all experienced that, whether we're at home with our kids, in our workplace, whatever it may be, that we have to take a step back, take some breaths, and look at it for what it is. And he calls it a higher and slightly elevated view, which I really, really like. Because otherwise, our perspective is so narrow that we're not seeing it right. Yep. It's we can make a molehill into a mountain mm-hmm. when it's like really not that big of a deal a lot of times. Yeah, and even if the perspective is right, uh, I like the framing of this in terms of systems. This is something that I've been thinking a lot about lately and really your life is a series of systems. And a system has a couple different pieces. There's the input, the thing that you are putting into the system, there's the process, the program that runs. And then there's the output. A lot of times people get to the end of the year and they don't like the output. So they say, well, I'm going to change things. And it's a simple formula. If you change the input, so you change the process, you will get different outputs. And uh, there's another thing to consider here with systems is that there's two different kinds of systems. There's open systems and there's closed systems. I think a lot of people, when they think about New Year's resolutions, they assume that their life is a closed system. And that means that they have complete control over every single piece of the system. That is not true. Oh, it's gosh, it's no. not true in a family <laughs> and it's not true even in an individual's life. I mean, this year is a great example. The COVID-19 stuff happened. There was absolutely nothing anybody could do about it. It was just there. And you may have had a bulletproof plan for 2020 and it got blown up in March. I guarantee it Yeah. because your life is an open system that is influenced by external circumstances. And when you think about this work, the system, really what you're doing is you're applying kind of the scientific method to yourself as a guinea pig. (laughs) Yeah, that's a good way to put it. You've got a hypothesis that something is going to produce a better result. So you test it. And if it works, great. If it doesn't work, you don't get upset. You don't say, well, I guess this I'm not capable of this. You don't make a moral judgment against yourself. You're a terrible person because you can't do this thing. You just say, nope, that didn't work. And you try something else. Thomas Edison, 10,000 steps to invent the light bulb. Mm-hmm. But we make a single mistake a lot of times and we think that we're worthless. That's so true. I have perfectionist tendencies and I know you do as well, Michael. It's true. I don't know who's worse. I don't know. It doesn't matter. We both have it. But the problem with that is we beat ourselves up when we mess up. Yep. We internalize it and we take it personally and it's really not healthy. When if we can look at ourselves as a computer on that level, it kind of can help just simplify things and take the emotion out of it. Mm-hmm. Because a, a lot of this the problems become so monumental when our emotions are so heightened. But when we do what Sam Carpenter suggests and step back and take a higher view, a slightly elevated view. We can calm down, take some deep breaths and look at it for what it is. Yep. I was thinking about with the computer thing too, you can opt in to send the problems to the developer if you have a program, which is actually a really good thing to do because then they can provide updates and fix the bugs. Yep. But the bugs aren't fixed unless we apply the update and restart. So this is whole cyclical thing. And we are, as humans 
we work the same basic way. Mm -hmm. We have to apply the updates and we have to restart and try it. The big difference here is that we are the user for most of our lives. And then when something breaks, we send the bug report to the developer. But the developer is also us. So we have to put our developer hat on <laughs> and look at it from that perspective. And that's what Sam Carpenter is talking about. Yep. And that's the piece that a lot of people, for whatever reason, too busy, don't want to, you know, will not look at it from that perspective. And that that's a, a negative thing in the long run because things are broken, whether they're broken or not, you know, not whether you see them or not. And so recognizing that something is broken, again, eliminate the emotional judgment piece from that. Just look at it, say, okay, this is broken, and then ask, how do I fix it? And even if you don't have a concrete plan on how to do it, most developers don't have a concrete plan that yeah. something's going to work. They tinker and they figure yeah. out, oh, hey, mm -hmm. this is the thing that allows me to do what I want to do. You know, that's the same approach we got to take with our lives. Yes. And, you know, we'd mentioned that 2020 has been a year of reset for us. And for a lot of people, I would argue probably most people, mm -hmm. this is so significant. And I mentioned our pastor's been saying this all year. Mike, what's the significance of this? How true are these words about having a <laughs> divine reset this year? Well, I remember just a little bit of context. The first sermon our pastor preached in January of 2020 was divine reset. And we didn't really know the significance of that, I think, for a couple of months. No, I was like, oh, that sounds good. <laughs> yeah, but we were already thinking that way when things started to happen. So I believe that message working in us is what allowed us to, in early March when everything got shut down, I mean, the day things were shutting down, we were supposed to be getting on an airplane to go on a family vacation to Florida. Yeah. And that was an opportunity for our kids specifically, because they were really looking forward to it, to get really upset about, oh, this is so unfair. But I remember when that all happened, we had a family meeting and we said, you know, this this isn't great that we can't go to Florida, but it looks like we're going to be spending a lot of time together. Yeah. So this can either be awesome or this can be really annoying. And it's it really depends on our perspective yeah. Yep, and our attitudes. So the significance of this, I think, is in recognizing the opportunity that you have. And that's really where this whole podcast came from. It's yeah, like, that's true. This Started is, in April. This is an opportunity for a reset. We want to help people reset and see things for what they are, make the most of the of what you've got to work with. And yes, global pandemic, a lot of pain, a lot of suffering, a lot of people losing their jobs, a lot of people losing their lives. Like we know people who have passed away from COVID-19. Mm -hmm. So there's a lot of negative stuff that has happened with this. But it also has wiped the slate clean in terms of everything that we had been committed to. Yeah. If you're thinking about like in productivity, they have the Stephen Covey, the, the big jar, the big rocks, that yeah. analogy. Essentially, the, that story, they talk about putting the big rocks in first. Uh, at the end of the year, what happens is people try to take out a few things and put in a few different things into their jar. But 2020 just basically dumped out the entire jar in front of you, said, here's your jar back. And <laughs> what you, are you going to put back in? <laughs> exactly. And we've been able to choose some different things That's true. that we've defined as big rocks and put them back into our, our jar. So as I think back on 2020, I'm actually very thankful for that opportunity. We made a lot of changes that things, you know, if we're honest with ourselves, we probably wanted to do for a while. Yeah. But we couldn't just because... 
we were in the flow. Yeah. And maybe, you know, that's what we should. <laughs> that's, I don't know if that's an accurate word, but I know what you're saying. We were in our routine. Yes. Yeah. Yes. We were in our routine and we were doing things a certain way and we never even considered, is there a different way to do yeah. things until the way we were doing them was no longer an option. Well, and a lot, the best solution is the easiest solution typically. But a lot of times when we're so in the thick of how we normally do things in our normal routine and, you know, we just get stuck that we don't even see the way out. And a lot of times it does take something external, some circumstance that causes a big shift. And that's really what this is. And I like that that picture of the jar being completely emptied in March. And then we went through this process of putting the right things back in their proper place. And yep. what is most significant, I feel, is the incredible attitude and the personal growth that I've seen in each person in my pers- immediate family, my children and my husband and myself. I believe that we have grown a lot. We have grown closer on every level mm-hmm. with each other and within ourselves. I have seen great character built in our children being adaptable, adapting and overcoming, as a good yeah. Marine would say. <laughs> <laughs> but there's so much truth to that. And as Americans, we can get in the rut of being very, I don't know, I don't I don't want to say words that would be offensive, but... We have it pretty good here in America overall. Yes. I understand there's suffering. I understand there's people that that are going hungry and all of that. Yes, and we can all do a part to help with that. But overall, there's not severe pro- poverty and things like that here. Yeah, most of our pain is self-made. And it's inconvenience. The yes. pain is mostly just inconvenience. Yes, exactly. It's not like a lot of other countries and when we were in Costa Rica the things that we saw there we don't really have we don't have that to that level at all yeah there's a lot of things that we think we need that we don't really need and that's kind of what 2020 has shown us is those things that last year we would have said oh well we need to have our kids in piano lessons and they got to be in sports and they got to do all these other things because we want to give them opportunities and we want yeah. them to be able to grow. Well, the, those were yeah. kind of all just shut down in well, March. That, and that mindset is so prevalent among parents and we feel guilty if we don't put them in stuff. Exactly. But what is more valuable than the opportunity to do those things is the ability to build relationships at home. Yes. I believe that's what I've learned from from this year. But let's maybe just back up a little bit and talk about this because kind of what's happened is... Everything got shut down, and then we've just been going very, very slow in terms of putting things back. And then when we put things back, we ask... So basically, there's two questions we ask. One, should we re-engage with this thing, this activity? Yeah. And two, if we (laughs) re-engage with it, what are the rules of (laughs) re-engagement? Yes. Yeah. So a lot of things were canceled or severely modified. The boys were in tennis nine months out of the year. We went, I went to the gym with them three times or more a week where they would play and I would work out. They would be in outdoor soccer in the fall and sometimes in indoor soccer in the winter, basketball in the winter. Our One of our sons started jujitsu who had done that for about six months before that shut down. In-person school shut down in the, in the spring, which it did for everyone. In-person meetings, in-person Toastmasters, in-person church. Yeah. <laughs> 
all of at all of these levels, we're all trying to maneuver this and figure out how to do this. Some things more successfully than others, mm-hmm. but putting the big things back in, the only the first thing we put back in was piano lessons right away when school started in the fall, but we were able to do that very successfully virtually. Actually, we were. Yes, I was actually surprised because I wasn't sure that how well that would work. But it's interesting when you don't have another option, what works? Well, with that specifically, we knew we wanted to keep going with piano lessons. We knew that the old way wasn't even an option. And then actually when they did start up again, we were like, well, we don't really want to be downtown all night on Monday nights anymore. And it involved both of us because halfway through... We were dropping somebody off, picking somebody up, taking them to jujitsu. <laughs> yeah. It was ridiculous. Yeah. It was probably four hours worth of Including both of all our time. Driving and prep. Yeah. Exactly. Yep. And so we're thinking, well, since that's not an option, what are the other options? And so we, uh, we found out that the missionaries that we support in Costa Rica, who are phenomenal musicians. Yeah, really great. The pandemic was impacting them too. They were looking to raise funds and they started a a music school. Yeah. So like, hey, would you be willing to try lessons over Zoom? And it's been a great fit. Yeah, they are uh, thriving. They are. That's the word I use when I was talking to people about it before is that I was a little bit nervous actually when they started because I knew they were going to be challenged. Yeah. And I wasn't sure how they would respond because it's yeah. a lot of theory, a lot of scales, a lot of yeah. a lot of stuff that like they didn't really do before. The Yamaha program they were at at, at Hyde Music was great. It's a lot great. of ear training to begin with, which is really good too. Yep. yep. Um, but they've been doing great and it's basically a half hour lesson, one right after the other. They're all here. We don't have to drive anywhere. I mean, it's much less of a time commitment. Mm-hmm. So it's like a win all the way around. Yes. And mm-hmm. it's something we never even would have thought about mm-hmm. had we not been forced to look for an alternative way to do things. And so we started doing that. And then when the music started, hey, guess what? We're going to be doing lessons again. And we're like, mm, we're good. Thanks. Yeah. <laughs> and I would liken it to something's working and it's going well. They did great with the Yamaha program the years they were in it. But that doesn't mean there's not something better and even exactly. better fit. Yes. So that's the thing to watch out for. It's not just things are broken, but sometimes there's something even better. Yep. And we don't even consider it. We don't even make room for it because this is just what we do. And it's it's working okay. Like it's fine. Mm-hmm. Is it? That's what we have to ask ourselves. Well, fine is not the goal. No. <laughs> <laughs> what this do you is... want to do? Uh, do you want to be fine or do you want to be great? Yeah, this podcast <laughs> is not called the fine family. <laughs> yeah, the fine family. <laughs> the just getting by family. No, the intentional family. The that do means... what everybody else does family. Yes, that means we <laughs> really look at it and evaluate it and decide what is best. Yes. What is the best option for getting us to where we want to be? Yep. And, you know, as with most people... The seven us, our family of seven at home together all the time, everyone's adjusting. Yes. You can't go to your co-working space or coffee shops or different places, meet up with people like you would to change up your work routine. You are in your basement hole all the time, (laughs) which, okay, so his office is actually one of the nicest rooms in the house, but it's a big adjustment still. 
I actually have, I didn't even tell you this yet, I have a sign coming for the front of my office because my mastermind group has been talking about the importance of naming things. And I've always oh. called it my whole, my office. And I realize that like, that makes me a little bit reluctant to yeah, go down here. Yeah, that doesn't here. sound good. So I have a sign coming for, it's gonna, it says studio on it. There you go. <laughs> That's good. But one of the things that I've learned, going back to your point about not going to the co-working space and stuff like that, is I have upgraded my studio. Yes. Not my whole. It's my a studio. lovely studio. <laughs> uh, this year, because I couldn't go anywhere else. Yeah. I got a fancy chair, which has helped a lot with some back issues that I was yeah. dealing with. I got my computer set up exactly the way I want it. And before we were shut down, I recognized I was going to the co-working space. I was going to the coffee shops. And I was using that mode changing, basically, going from one space to another. Um, I was using that in a way to kind of mask some of the problems in the systems in my own life. The fact that I could not sit in my office and focus for an extended period of time, that was kind of like my way of coping with that, which sounds kind of weird to say it that way because it's really not that big a deal. But when it's no longer an option, you have to confront what's really there. And then it's like, okay, so I have to be in my office now. What do I have to do in order to make this successful? And where I'm at now you know, if tomorrow COVID was gone and I was able to go back and do things exactly the way I was doing them before, go back to normal, you know, I I don't think I would be going downtown to the co-working space. I don't yeah. think I'd be going to the coffee shops. I like my studio. <laughs> well, and your mode switching is you you go out of your office and you see Adelaide in the basement and you play with her in her little fort office. I don't know, dining room, whatever she calls it that day, <laughs> her little play <laughs> yeah. area. Or you play a round of ping pong or something with one of the boys or come up and chat with me for a few minutes or play True. with the dog. Mm-hmm. It just looks different. <laughs> yep, yep. But my, my point is basically that uh, I made some changes because I had to and I recognized after I made them, sort of like the piano lessons thing, that I don't really want to go back to the way things were. The new way is actually better. Yeah, I would agree. And it, you know, we I had to reevaluate and shift a little bit too because homeschooling four boys and then having a toddler little girl and dad working at home all the time and recording quite often and maneuvering that because we That's can't be true. in the basement. So we basically do school upstairs in the dining room, which is fine. It works fine, actually. And, but it, I don't know, it's just kind of interesting. I feel like we've all grown together so much more because we have to work together. It, we have to make it work. Yeah. You can't just do your own thing. Like, <laughs> we got to make take sure off that we're... for a while or, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. We got to make sure that we are uh, in sync, in alignment. And uh, previously that kind of looked like, well, I've got a podcast to record. So you would take the kids somewhere out of the house. So it wasn't even an option that people would, you know, interrupt, interrupt or be really loud or... That's yeah. not an option anymore. Yeah. So we got to figure out how to make it work. And we have. And that's yeah. one of the things I guess that I was trying to get at is like, we can kind of hide behind, well, this is just the way things are when we have the flexibility to just go somewhere else. And when you don't have that flexibility, you have to look at what's really going on and figure out what tweaks you can make to those systems, not just literally get in the car and run away from them for a little while (laughs) yeah no it's been good i believe there's a greater level of respect for one another as and doing it in a way where it's like don't make it a sound dad's recording oh 
But you communicate leading up to it saying, okay, at this time we need to be quiet. Dad's going to get ready for this section of time. He'll be recording. And they're used to it. We have, we actually did a hue light at the top of the stairs that we turn red when he's recording. Just as a reminder, if one of us opened the door to the basement and we see the red light, we're like, oh, we quickly, you know, quietly close it. So that's been really helpful too. Just a little (laughs) simple thing. We got the red hue light on right now. Yeah. So with all this, this is just such a great opportunity for us all to look at resetting our defaults and crafting our lives, every part of our lives in a way that best suits us so that we can all be fulfilling our God-given purpose, vision, destiny, and uh, for, that he has for us, whatever that may look like for you. When it's not working, we can just make changes on every level. Yeah, or even if you think it is working, don't be afraid to tinker and see if you can get yeah, something even a little bit better. Yeah, mm-hmm. Not settling for what's just working. Yeah. So what what are some of the favorite things that we've changed during this time for you? Actually, if the top one that comes to mind right now is man school. <laughs> so this actually doesn't involve me at all. That's why but, you like it. Well, <laughs> you get a break. Okay. <laughs> No, actually, it's really incredible because I have four boys mm-hmm. and I'm mom, right? I can only train them on a certain level. And I believe there's a special a special grace for moms, single moms who have mm-hmm. to raise boys. But in our case, mom and dad are here and we have four boys. So my husband picked up this awesome curriculum right before everything shut down. And he periodically goes through these lessons with the boys. What is a man of God? And it goes through all these scriptures and they each take turns reading and how they're going to apply it and they pray together. And it has made an incredible difference. (laughs) And it's been tangible. The boys do uh, on Wednesday nights, they have a Zoom children's church. And once our oldest became a youth officially in June and he wasn't in the Zoom children's church, the younger three boys were always fighting. At one point, one of them even punched each other. And I'm like, wow, that's really nice in your children's church for everyone to see you punching your brother. Mm. But what changed all their behavior, and they sit perfectly nice now and participate after a man's school that they had. And I think you touched on that or called it out, or I forget what the lesson was, but that made a direct impact. And they've been awesome since I can literally set them up on their little Zoom thing on the iPad in the basement, and they don't fight at all. Awesome. Yeah, that's the, a big deal. The curriculum, I'll put a link to it if I can find it in the show notes. But we were at, my church was at a men's conference in Lake Geneva. The weekend before everything got shut down, you could kind of tell it was coming. And it was really weird while we were there. Uh, and I they had this curriculum on uh, for sale at the, the merchandise table. And I knew as soon as I saw it, I'm like, this is something that I need to get for this season that we can go through this with my boys. And I wasn't positive they were going to be able to really engage with it because it's not really intended for kids. But we basically read the scriptures together and then we talk through them so they, they kind of get what they're they're saying. It's broken down into like 50 different lessons. And it's been really cool. Um, and that is... One of the things, I agree, that's one of the highlights that have come from this. And that is an example of having my eyes open, basically, for those opportunities. 
it would have been really easy to be focused on, well, what's going to happen next and get worried. But just a different perspective, like you were talking about at the beginning, allowed me to, to see like, hey, this is a great way to use this time that you're going to have going forward. Is uh, that your favorite too then? Probably. Uh, I do really enjoy the board games that we play every night. Yeah, that's super fun. <laughs> yeah. So uh, with a lot of the things that we were committed to being not not having being there in person, not being after school, not being at night, we've been more regular with our bedtime routine. Mm-hmm. And that has allowed us to put the little ones to bed by 8 p.m., the older ones by 9 p.m., and in an hour in between, typically we'll play a board game. Yeah, which has been great. We've been playing Castles of Mad King Ludwig. We'll play King of Tokyo. Uh, we just got... Sushi. Re- Sushi, Sushi Go. Go. That's yep. a new favorite. <laughs> we just got Ravine, which I think is going to be a lot oh, of fun. Hilarious. We'll put links to all this <laughs> stuff in the, the show Super notes. Super fun. But that has been really great in terms of building relationships. We've talked about this in other episodes where there's something about playing a game together. Yep. It builds the relationships. And also it's great for kids because it teaches them what to do when they don't get their way. Like how do you handle defeat? Yeah. You didn't win every time. Exactly. Exactly. So that's been really cool. And then obviously the the big one uh, as it pertains to this episode that people are listening to right now is we (laughs) launched Intentional Family. (laughs) That would be my other. Those two are really close. The man school and Intentional Family. I never saw myself as being a podcaster and joining Toastmasters earlier this year helped gain a little bit of momentum. But the message that we share is so heavy on my heart that I have to share it. Mm -hmm. And it's by no means because we have it figured out. But as we experiment on ourselves, we want to share that because we really believe that it'll help someone. It uh, might highlight or inspire you to make changes yourself and not reinvent the wheel, but have someone in your corner. Exactly. That you can you can listen to this and it feels like you're sitting at the table with us. Yeah. And that's really the big takeaway from this episode specifically, but really the whole podcast up until this point <laughs> is to be paying attention to the other options that are available to you. Uh, not everything that we do is going to work for you, but try some things, experiment on yourself and on your family and keep what works, discard what doesn't, but be intentional, especially as we go into 2021, you know, really take some time to think about what you want this to look like. We're still in this period, even though the the COVID-19 has been around for a while, we're still in this period where things are not completely quote unquote back to normal. So even if you have just been going back into the way things were, you still have time to redefine what your new normal looks like. And we've been given this great gift of time to reset. And that is an opportunity to reevaluate and set up our life in such a way that will get us to where we want to be in maybe a year, five years, 10 years. Yep. And what we think may be unattainable in our family is not if we simply take the time to sit back, calm down, get a higher view and look at it for where it is and find the simple solutions that we can do on a regular basis to get us to where we want to be. Yep. Do what you can with what you have, where you are. I mean, one of the other things, which I should have mentioned earlier that I really enjoy 
is that we basically eat every single meal together now. Yeah. I don't, I mean, we were trying to eat dinners together at least, but with people going different places, it, it got difficult. No, that's true. And even breakfast, you'll be, you'll be in the kitchen, like making coffee in the morning and they'll all be sitting at the table eating breakfast and we're all in the room together. That's true. I don't eat breakfast. So yeah, but you're in the room. So, (laughs) (laughs) but we can craft our new normal. Yep. I don't like the connotation of there's a new normal. We're not returning to how it was. We have the power to, in our own life, in our own family, to create what is the new normal for us yep. and not take all those external circumstances and say, well, this is our lot. This is how it's going to go. Mm-hmm. No, we have way more power than that, that we can craft our life, our family in such a way that we are getting to the desired destination. Yep. Live your life by design, not by default. Exactly. And we can intentionally define what new normal is for us. And we have the opportunity to do that right now. So identifying and implementing regular healthy habits will produce the results that we desire. So going into this new year, I encourage you to not do resolutions Mm -hmm. or goals even, but habits. Identify one habit that you want to do. Maybe you want to spend more time as a family. Maybe the nightly board games is, would be a good fit for you. Yeah. Just one simple thing to change. Because what usually happens, it's like rolling a snowball down a hill. When you do one positive habit and it sticks and it mm-hmm. becomes regular, it becomes routine, that is like a, that snowball effect where it gets bigger and bigger and it affects everything else. It gains momentum yeah. and it's easier to keep going too. And you'll identify other habits that can be quickly and easily implemented and changed in your family, in yourself. Yep. You can stack them on top of it even a lot of times. Yeah. So, well, thank you so much for listening to The Intentional Family. What a fun year it's been sharing all these different topics with you. We appreciate each and every one of you for listening. So let's have fun and get creative defining our new normal. We can be found at theintentionalfamily.fm. Until next time, join us in living life intentionally.